0: Your exclusive home for prop sports. Let's oh, go! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS FM, Glassboro.
1: Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Aaron Hook. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. RowanRadio.com channel 2. Coming to you live in Glassboro from the WGLS studios. This is your Wednesday edition of Offsides. Offsides. Um, usually Jack Miller, our beloved sports director, is uh, is at the helm today. Could not make it, so I have uh, taken over here. I've taken the reins, and I'm joined by two lovely members of our sports department, Brett Miller and Aiden Butler, are here with me today. And um, I think today, guys, the topic of conversation is going to be pretty clear as um, very early on Tuesday morning, or yesterday morning, I guess, um, Adrian Wojnarowski comes out and reports that James Harden has been acquired by the Los Angeles Clippers in a trade with the Philadelphia 76ers. Sixers sending Harden, P.J. Tucker, uh, Philip Petrusev. Uh Please, Aiden, uh, fill me in on who that is. <laughs> all
0: I know is we would have been calling his games down in
2: the G League. That's about <laughs> all I know.
0: <laughs> Brett, do you know anything about Philip?
2: I'm not all too familiar with his game. <laughs> I, I do know he just got passed around because he just yeah he's already on Sacramento yeah
1: so he was a second round pick in twenty one by the Citrus out of Denzaga, um or I'm sorry by the uh, yeah yeah by the Citrus I mean we haven't seen him down there with the Blue coat, so not sure where where he's been but he's going to L A, um and um the Clippers are going to send back marcus Morris Robert Covington former Sitzer, Nick Batum, uh Kenyon Martin Jr. or KJ as he now goes by. Uh, a 2028 20, unprotected first round pick via the Clippers, two second round pits of their own, a 29 a 2029 20, pit swap, uh, and they also throw in one of the boatload of uh, pits. they got first round pits that they got in the Paul George trade from Oklahoma City. Um, so honestly, guys, I, I want to get your just reactions because I've honestly seen two schools of thought from Citrus fans so far. I've seen okay, we didn't get someone like a Terrence Mann uh, in a trade like this someone even later bones highland just an established nba guard or player or whatever um back in this sort of deal um so some citrus fans feel like the trade uh you know it was a loss for daryl mori and the citrus other citrus fans are saying well james harden was a dead asset anyway we got him off our books we got a lot of expiring contracts we think we can win with him, um it's a great trade I mean I haven't really seen any in between I've either seen Citrus fans pretty upset or pretty happy uh so I want to know where you guys stand Brett
2: I've definitely leaned towards the happy on the I guess on that scale um I think the return they got back was a lot better than I thought they were going to get back as far as draft capital I mean you got a bunch of guys that can shoot the ball from the wing that are on expiring deals um I mean the As far as a Batum or a Covington, those guys are pretty expendable, but I think that was pretty solid. But those first unprotected picks that the Clippers gave you in 2028 are serious assets considering that they're an older roster now, and I don't know where they'll be in 2028. But the Sixers should not be done, and I really hope they're not. I feel like if they use these assets to go get a star like the reports are saying they are, then I think that it could really um, put them in a good position.
1: And for the Clippers, Brett, do you think this kind of – Harden going there and I mean shoved into that lineup yeah. that already has Westbrook and Kawhi and Paul George. Do you think this does anything for the Clippers in the West? Does it, does it put them over the top?
2: I still, I mean, the Beal and Booker situation with that injury is a little bit concerning, but I still have the Suns atop the West. I don't know what to make of the Clippers, honestly. I haven't thought much of it, considering that I'm mostly just focusing on what the Sixers got back. But those are four pretty ball-dominant players that I'm interested to see how that gets... Um, figured out. I think Kendrick Perkins was on ESPN today and said he thinks James Harden should come off the bench. There, I can't ever see that happening. No, yeah. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just get like, but like that's where this is going with that. So you have a lot of big personalities as far as Russ and Harden, but that'll be really interesting to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kawhi is thirty two. Paul George is thirty three. Harden is thirty four, and and same with Russ. So. Again, five years down the line. Those picks are going to be worth something, you yeah, right. have to imagine. Unless the Clippers manage to, you know, again, pull off some other blockbuster trade or rebuild in, in such a quick fashion. But, I, I, again, this is, I think, the time for them. I think they see this trade as something that can put them all over the top, yep. obviously. And um, Aiden, you know, they had to give up a lot to go get Harden. And that's where, again, that stool of thought from Citrus fans is, well, I mean, again, for a guy that didn't want to play for us, we sure got, like, you know, a lot in return. Looking back
0: at, you know, even when we traded for Harden, what we gave up for him, uh, Ben, I believe, who was the big in that one? was Drummond. That? Yeah, Andre and then Seth. Those mm-hmm. were the three players involved with that. You look at those three now, what we gave up for Harden, you look at those three. Seth's down there in Dallas playing, like, seven minutes a game. Um, you've got Drummond. Actually, kind of balling out low key in Chicago, off the bench doing his thing, but then Ben, has Ben in in uh right, uh part. Brooklyn. But I was first of all, I was very shocked that I was even awake when this happened. Uh, actually, it was Kareem, uh, that, of the sports department that broke the news. He sent it in the group chat before I even got any notifications or anything. I was about three minutes away from going to sleep, I want to say, and then I ended up being awake for another hour because I was waiting for Woj to post the details, which. I just couldn't wait any longer, but I was very happy. I'm one of those Sixers fans that, one of those Sixers fans, excuse me, that realized, you know, James Hard- James Harden said, you know, I wasn't paying attention, but he said he'll never play a game for Daryl Morey again. Uh, he wasn't joking because, you know, he got the deal done. How many times have you seen a player get dealt at 2 a.m. in the morning? I mean, how many times does that happen? Right. But I was pretty. I want to say. It was a great trade, but it was a trade that needed to be done. You do get depth, which I will say, by the way, I didn't even know we had enough roster spots for all these players. <laughs> Four the guys in return, yeah. Danny I Green assumed, caught a strike. Oh, yeah, I forgot Danny got right. – Ended up getting waved. Yeah, they do wave green. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I just kind of see want to see how these players are going to fold in with the Sixers. I assume Batum is going to be a solid piece coming off the bench. Uh, K.J. Martin, you know, haven't seen too much of him. And then you got Marcus Morris, who's kind of like a Pat Bev a little bit when it comes down to it, just defense and then three-point shooting. But I'm happy, you know. We got good depth. I didn't think we really – They Clippers said we weren't getting Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann was off the board. I mean, I wasn't too – after they said that and what they wanted for him, I was like, all right, James Harden isn't all that. They're not going to give him up for that. But I was pretty happy with what we got back. I feel like this actually does improve our chances with – what we got back instead of having Harden on the floor, because now Maxie's going to be able to shine a little bit. You've got these guys that Embiid's able to pass out to and put up a three, Kelly Oubre as well. Not that he was part of the trade in
1: starting lineup tonight. He's been balling too as well. Yes, he has, he has. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's now for the Sixers kind of a spot where they have obviously Joel Embiid, and there have been trade conversations about him as well. Um and again, the, the market for him just continues to, to go up with every impending trade. Um, but, you know, they, they feel in that Tyrese Maxey is the guy next to Joel Embiid If they're going to go and do this and really come out of the East and make the finals push, they are believing in Tyrese Maxey to be that number two and a really good number two as well. Um, so with that, like, do you think that Embiid is just gonna kind of temper his i don't even know what the right word is his kind of expectations potentially for a trade in the future and and stick around long term because obviously the conversation has been well they just haven't been able to get over the hump um do you think this changes that for for the Sixers and Embiid at least for now I feel like for
0: Embiid, it doesn't, only because, you know, Harden wasn't at any of those practices during the offseason or anything like that, and from what I'm seeing, obviously I'm not with the team, but from what I'm seeing, it seems like this team is pretty close-knit together. You know, you had Nick the Halloween party the other day, Nick Nurse showing out. Uh, Doc Rivers would have never done that, but <laughs> you got Nick Nurse showing out, some of these others play, other players going to that. It seems like they're, you know, well-knit together, and I I feel like Embiid realizes that at the, the, day, at the end of the day, I mean... He's the guy that they're going to be looking for. And then, you know, Maxie second. But I feel like, you know, from where he stands, definitely definitely won't be we'll – definitely will finish the season as a 76er, whether that's, you know, in the first round, second round, playoffs, or whatever. But for him, though, I do feel like just getting that – over that hump of that second round, it, it, it just has to happen at some point. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't happen this year, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if this is the last time the last time we see him in a full season as a Sixers player.
1: And, you know, for Mattsy, this means that he's got his chance now to really step into this, uh, the spotlight and, and take over as a true number two next to a superstar in Embiid. And I think they play really well off of each other. Um, you know, the conversation now is, like, when are they just going to hand Matsy you know um, – no pun intended, the match deal that uh, he's going to be asking for. It's like just lock the die up. Um, he's uh, put up, what, 30 a game through his first few. Yeah. Um, he When he gets hot, man, he is really, really special. Um, and so I, I think with those two guys, Brett, and, you know, talks about getting over the hump and all that, and, and Nick Nurse was mentioned um, briefly, I, I think a lot of the pressure is on him uh, to, to get the most out of these two guys right now in this moment. Um, and I think Nurse is a good enough coach to do that, honestly. I think there's such a gap between him and, and Doc Rivers, as, as, as you know, obviously.
2: It's not even close. I mean, they finally realized that dribble handoffs actually work <laughs> and not just throwing three guys in the corner. But I think this trade is a great confidence boost for Maxi. It's shown that the organization has the utmost confidence that he is the guy. Um, I think that will be great going forward for him mentally. And then just having another, like you said, with Nick Nurse, the team looks rejuvenated in a way. I feel like Embiid looks full of energy where you, it is very early in the season, but it just seems like he's fully bought into it. And that was one of the biggest things that I was scared of during this whole Harden saga was how much more time do you have of Embiid being patient with this whole thing playing out because we know he's been through so much with how poorly this organization has been run over these past handful of years. So to see he's bought in. It's kind of a breath of fresh air, but like Aiden said, I still don't know how much time he has left if this is another second-round exit. And the other issue is this team doesn't have another point guard on the team. So I yeah. don't know where you're going with that. I mean, you can say Patrick Beverly, but— Maybe Melton slides
0: starting. Uh, Melton's starting
1: right now, though, at the right. tube, so. And
2: you're not getting 20-plus productive minutes out of Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Okay,
1: at Jane, this point, give James probably Springer 15 not. minutes. Let's <laughs> see what he's got. James Springer? I'm a James Springer advocate. I am. He's I want to see him out He's really there. good. He's been he's out good. There a couple times this season. Especially so defensively, so far. I think. I think yeah. he's super talented. I mean, obviously, you see the athleticism. Aiden often.
2: Aiden Doc calls him Baby Kawhi. <laughs> Re- I mean, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I mean, look, he's a, ba- a very. He obviously he's joking, but he's <laughs> a another big uh, Springer guy.
1: That'd be written in the stars that the Sixers you know, got a guy who plays like Kawhi to help save him at some point. <laughs> Sorry, had to do it. All right, true. It, it was there. It's uh, That's old anyway. That shouldn't even bother you <laughs> guys. It doesn't. Sixers um, <laughs> have uh, the Raptors tomorrow night. Um, they've won two out of their first three, uh, with their one loss being a one-point defeat to uh, the Bucks last hey, week. you are getting the Raptors games out early. They already played them. Uh, that was the second game of the season for yep. them. Yep. Yeah, they were in Toronto. So, actually, they'll have them at home here in Philly tomorrow. What's with all these home and homes already? There's a ton across the <laughs> league. Nits have, have one tonight. They, yeah. they were in Cleveland last night. They're at the Garden tonight against the Cavs. Are you a fan of that? The home and homes? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, I, I like having my team play on back-to-back nights, I'll yeah. be honest. Um, It's better for me as a fan, but, I mean, the players aren't probably aren't too happy about yeah. it. Yeah. you got to fly. You know I mean? Toronto to Philly, Cleveland to New York, those aren't horrible. Yeah. Um, so when you're going cross-country or anything, but... Uh, we'll see. So, Sitters 2-1 and one to start off, and obviously the blockbuster deal um, with Harden. And uh, he actually is targeted Monday for his Clippers debut, and they do play the Knicks on Monday. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I-, I don't want to move away from the NBA. I'd like talking talk to about the NBA. So, what do we want to talk about here? Talking about the games last night. There were three games. Spurs. Suns, Clippers. Oh, not Suns, Clippers. Let's talk Suns about Spurs. Spurs and Suns this was a good game, um, I couldn't the, believe what I was watching. The Spurs have what were they down four with thirty seconds left or <sighs> something? I don't know. The Suns absolutely blew this game <laughs> in, in the final few moments of uh, of the uh, of the fourth quarter. So with six seconds left, the Suns were up by three. It when, was six seconds. Wembenyama flies in. Has that put that done? Where? Kevin Durant man. <laughs> that could be the worst box out I've ever seen. I mean, my middle school coach would 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 be saying things I can't repeat. Um, but he does just go right past K D for a for a like basically just a tip in Don put back. And then they throw the ball away. Teldon Johnson steals it and lays it up. Um and the Spurs end up winning this game one fifteen to one fourteen. Uh, Victor Weminyama eighteen points, eight rebounds in twenty eight minutes four blocks as well, five turnovers. And, you know, he's still getting into a little bit of foul trouble three in this game. He obviously almost fouled out in his debut. Um, but I, you know, the Spurs obviously with coach pop there. And, um, some of the pieces they have, I, I do really like, I think Teldon Johnson's been un- an underrated guy the last few years. And Devin Vassell is a rising player to me. Wemby, uh, Wemby, um, is obviously just so, so good, especially defensively. Like, you just see him out there and teams are attacking offense differently. They're yeah. playing offense differently when he's in the middle of the paint. He just changes like everything that you have to do. Um now their bench to be a little stronger, won't lie. Um however, I think the Spurs are a sneaky like dark horse team. D- not not for a title or anything, but play, I think they may maybe Maybe even above the plane. Maybe mm, maybe a okay. maybe a six seed. Some mm. the West uh, is top that's heavy. maybe a little lofty, but still the West is top heavy. It is a little top heavy. I mean, obviously you have uh, Denver and uh, the Warriors off to a good start. Clippers obviously now forming that super team and Phoenix as well, and the Lakers if you want to include them. But I mean, after that, you know, Sacramento is still a good team. Um, there's a little bit of a fall off. I mean, the got the Pelicans too. They they could. Be bigger, the big thunder, I don't Mavericks. know. Actually, I don't know if the West is top maybe, heavy. Maybe, I'm maybe not it's sure. The, yeah. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of good. I mean, maybe I'm just starting the Spurs in that conversation. You know, st- stupidly, Brad. But uh, I think this Western Conference is interesting, and there, there's going to be a few teams that uh, kind of surprise this year.
2: Yeah, I think as many teams that will surprise, there'll be a few that disappoint. I think the Mavericks are leaning for me, at least, the team that three might... to
1: start. But yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not fully bought in. I've
2: seen a lot of Kyrie sitting in the corner, with just like taking, right. not even being involved in some possessions. But <laughs> Luka uh, is just—he's disgusting. <laughs> he's disgusting.
1: I mean, he. T- I mean, he is really kind of. We thought it would be more of a partnership there. Yeah. Not really.
2: No, uh, not as much as you'd like to see. I guess from a a fan perspective, but I mean, they, they still got two guys that could give you
1: thirty every night. You do, you sure so, do, and Luka averaging thirty nine right now. Uh, through his first three games um but I mean look Denver off to a 4-0 start the Warriors who I kind of counted out Aiden coming into the year I'll be honest Mm -hmm. um I still don't think they're cream of the crop in the west or anything like that but you you just can't expect Stephen Curry when when healthy um to do anything less than, than, than 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 elevate his team you really can't um And I think the Warriors, for that reason, are going to be right there in the mitts during the regular season. Um, In the West, I I just, I don't know. I think with their age a little bit, I understand, you know, they got to the finals um, a couple years ago and won it. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, The West is interesting to me. It is pretty
0: interesting now. I feel like I'm. I may have a couple different takes from you guys, but I do feel like the Warriors definitely will end the year. Definitely a top five seed in the West. You know, I'm not saying they obviously won't be one, but definitely I do feel like they'll end up top five. This West though will be tight. Now I do feel like the number one team in the West, whoever that'll be, will you know be out in front by a decent amount of games. But after that, from I'm feeling like from the two to like seven seed, I'm talking maybe by the time we get to the end of the season. Between that two and seven seed, there's maybe a difference of like three or four games between all of those teams right there.
1: It's kind of how it was last year, too. If you remember, yeah. there were just a bunch of teams, 45, 46, 47 wins just stacked. Like, I think there was like a, a five-game difference between like the four and like the 10 seed. Like, it was just crazy. Now, there's a team that needs to watch out, and that's
0: a team down there in Memphis because they're going yeah. four mm. right now. Yep. Well, no jaw has not helped. Exactly. If you get behind a little bit too late uh, in the West, you might not be able to catch up. How long is he out? 25 25 games. So we added that up on and one to be like a couple games before Christmas Uh he'll be able to come back. I think it may actually be like the first game before Christmas (sighs) he'll be allowed back. But somebody's got, I guess, so what the issue was, I was realizing this as I was watching their last game, Desmond Bain was pretty much running the point guard. Uh, Desmond Bain is just not a point guard. He's a a scorer. So they switched that up a little bit. They let Marcus Smart have the ball handling duties so they can get Desmond Bain open because if he's not giving you 25 a night, because Jaron Jackson Jr. has been inconsistent. I only know that because I have him on fantasy. He's been very (sighs) inconsistent this year. Uh, just right. had his first 30 point game and hasn't had a game higher than 22 points this season before that but he's been a little inconsistent but they got to start putting these wins together or else they're going to be cooked because you're not going to be able to catch up in the west
1: you, you speak to that point guard role for memphis like, i'm just looking at the roster I, and and by the way marcus smart is not a guy who i would classify as like a true point guard oh yeah not at all no. he's a bigger he's a bigger guard more of a more of a kind of a two kind of a combo guard yeah Desmond Bain is, is simply just not a point guard at all. He has nothing about that in him. Um, I don't see another point guard in this roster. <laughs> Derek Rose, I mean, and, I, I love D. Rose. And at this point in his career, but he's, yeah. That's the problem. I mean, last year you had a Tyus Jones. Now mm-hmm. he's gone. Who's balling in the Washington. Team. Yeah, I know. And, and, you know, the Wizards obviously are, are are a team where Tyus Jones can go there and, and um perform <laughs> yeah no i mean i mean he's a good player he was one of the best backup point guards in the league last year that's why when Ja went out last year memphis uh was they had so, a great record they were so good even when he was out um now they've again zero four to start the year so they've uh got to figure things out quit there uh we're talking nba just not to cut you off yeah, The only no. bigs
0: are at the moment Pretty much Xavier Tillman well, and Aaron Jackson Jr. They The missed, Stephen Adams yeah. injury yeah.
1: sucks too I mean they've gotten bit a couple times bid time by the injury But uh, Brandon Clark injured too Brandon Clark yeah they are uh, a depleted roster For sure the Memphis Grizzlies uh, And Owen for a start Them and Houston are the only teams That uh, have not won yet this season Alright we're going to take a break Here on uh, Offsides we're talking some NBA When we come back we'll getting some NFL news, a little trade deadline recap. Uh, we had a coach um, who is uh, who was on the hot seat and uh, has since been ejected. And uh, we'll get into some more stuff later in the show as well. This is the Wednesday edition of Offsides. We'll be back after this.
2: RoanRadio.com? What's this? A full program and sports schedule for WGLS so you never miss your favorite shows? Station archives to see the history of Rone Radio? A virtual tour of the station? They even have podcasts too! Oh, and you can listen online! Oh, I love this song! Go to RoanRadio.com for more Roan Radio, 89.7 WGLS FM.
0: Olivia
1: Radio 89.7 com, Channel 2. This is the Wednesday edition of Offsides here in Glassboro. I am with Brett Miller, Aiden Butler. I'm Aaron Hook. We're talking sports, baby. We had a sports sequence on Monday. Tonight, we have not a sports which because there's no, well, no, there is football on college. Yeah. No NFL, though. I don't know if that counts. Um, Ha- no, that counts it Four does. sports I count it, That's an yeah. equal. one Let's go That is an equal. one It's college basketball Starting that Next week Next week as well Yep November 6th First Official slate of, of Division 1 <coughs> Hold on <coughs> Excuse me Division 1 games um, Rockers is uh, playing Princeton So Derek Jones mm. Will be on the call for that In Trenton That'll be a good game uh, Princeton That NCAA tournament run Last year um, but anyway, enough of that. We're going to be talking about football here. Because football is the best sport. I'm kidding. It's basketball. <laughs> but the NFL, uh, outside of the James Harden stuff, is obviously you know the, the lead that right now is uh, cranking out the most news with uh, Game 5 of the World Series tonight. And we know the storylines about that. At least Garcia shut down Brett as well as Matt Scherzer. Yes. Even though I, I still think Texas might even just do it tonight and, and just win it. Let's let's do a quick World Series a little little thing here.
2: I mean, they got their guy going tonight. Ivaldi, he's been electric the entire playoff run. I mean, now it's the time to do it because if this gets back around the Scherzer spot, you might it might get a little hairy. And by that point, Arizona would have momentum. So, I think you got to do it as quick as you can. No, at least, is tough. Um, I guess that just means if all goes to Texas' plan, Seager will now be your World Series MVP, who's been he mashing. Really,
1: I saw he why has are, the— Why are they pitching to him? He is such a good postseason hitter. It's crazy. Um, yeah, Arizona, man, I mean, they've had this great run. I, I just think Texas, even without Garcia, uh, just has more firepower. Yeah. And so, I, I think they'll probably— um, get it done but in the NFL we had some uh we had some news because it was a big day yesterday was the NFL trade deadline and we talked about you know a little underwhelming maybe and that's usually kind of how it goes in the NFL the NBA trade deadline is a huge deal with Woj and Shams kind of you know having a 14 round uh (laughs) a match there all the way to the finish line um obviously the major league baseball trade deadline right at the beginning of August is huge. So there's usually a, there's usually at least a couple pretty big deals made every year. Um, and then I I can't speak for the NHL, but I think I usually, there are some pretty big deals made there too at the deadline, the NFL, usually not so much. And yesterday I think there was one deal that kind of shocked everybody. And that was chase young being dealt from the Washington commanders to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the Niners, whose defense, especially that front seven, is just so, so good. It, it, it's almost unfair, Aiden, for them to add a guy like Chase Young, who's obviously the last couple of years prior to this season, ups and downs, hasn't really been able to stay on the field. Production hasn't been there. But we've seen when he's healthy, uh, he is just such a freak. And it's just, again, it's kind of unfair for San Francisco to go and add him. And as an Eagles fan, you two guys, I, I kind of want to – See your take on the move, him leaving the NFC East, but also joining the Niners, who so you said Adam, before we came on air, biggest, biggest threat to the Eagles in, in the uh, NFC, in your opinion. Uh, I was a little upset. Actually, I was
0: more than a little upset. Yeah. Uh, I was <laughs> here at the station when the trade happened, and Jack Miller was actually on air. And the moment it happened, I went in there and told him. He didn't <laughs> know at the moment. And then I was like, guess what he went for? Like, a third. And I was like, oh, my gosh. that, that was That's the thing, they-. too. Exactly. I was just like... I mean, they couldn't have just tried to fleece a little bit more, <laughs> you know, try to help us out a little bit. But I'm scared. I'm more worried about, you know, if he's able to stay healthy. Those two, I believe, they were, I don't know how many years. I think there were maybe one or two years they were at O'Hara together. I'm not right. sure. I know because uh, Nick went first. But uh, if he's able to stay healthy over there, I mean, I'm not sure who their defensive coordinator is now after uh, D'Amico went down to Houston. But. He's going to have some fun on his hands because he's going to be able to do so many different things when it comes to the D-line, so many different stunts when it comes down to it. You've already got Nick Bosa who already is a machine, but I I was a little upset because then I was like dang, because there's only a matter of time until the Eagles see the 49ers in the playoffs again uh, knock on wood, hopefully, but it'll be definitely a tougher matchup. Now, he hasn't had too much success against the Eagles. Eagles obviously best O-line in the league, but it still didn't make me feel any better that, you know, they add in another exterior pass rusher that is very good at his job when it comes down to it.
1: And that's kind of their thing, Brett, is is these stunts and um, kind of all these steamed-up pressure um, at the line of scrimmage. And Chase Young is just, again, so athletically gifted. We saw it during his rookie year. We saw the flashes. I mean, not crazy numbers, seven-and-a-half stats, but it felt like he had more than that, the amount of times he would get pressure on the quarterback. He was a legit game-changing pass rusher. You know, again, last couple of years he's been banged up, and it's just kind of not uh, been the way that Washington expected him to develop. They ship him off for a third, um, and now we get to a chance out in San Francisco to really, I think, play in a system that fits his play style the best. <sighs>
2: the, from a football fan perspective, the dude is a freak, and he's so much fun to watch. But from an Eagles fan from perspective. From an Eagles fan <laughs> perspective – Uh, I did not enjoy seeing Chase Young get shipped across the country for a third. Um, But like Aiden said, with all the stunts and all the fun they can have, they can just wreak havoc just rushing four with Hargrave and Armstead coming up the middle. The interior pressure that the Niners can generate is so much better than few teams in the league that they can just drop drop Warner and all those guys back and... It can be in. You can be in for a long day, but thankfully, from the Eagles' perspective, they do have a nice offensive line that can yes. handle some of that. But yeah, big move. I am a little bit concerned about the Niners. Drop three straight. Brock Purdy. I think he came back a little bit too early last week. Hmm. Didn't look that sharp.
1: But. Do you think if they're seven and one, they they made this move? Mm, you know what? Knowing them, I think they probably probably
2: because they know they have to go after the Eagles, just like the Eagles know they have to go after the Niners. Right. I forgot they they play
0: Week thirteen. <laughs> they <laughs> they do. play against each other, which <laughs> is do. in they the middle of that Eagles rough stretch they have these next few yeah.
2: weeks. Yeah,
1: that game is in Philadelphia. So I mean, we know what happened last year um, with Purdy um, going out, and then the Eagles headed to the Super Bowl. So that'll be a big rematch. Um, and Chase Young will be at the link. Yeah. Um, Second time. I mean, the Eagles don't have a one o'clock football
0: game until. Oh my goodness. Is it the Giants?
1: The, they don't have another one o'clock football game until the, the week 17. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, they're 425 wow. on Sunday against Dallas. I hate it. I hate it. Exactly. They're Monday it. night against the Chiefs, 425, 425. Sunday night at Dallas, 425, 430. Like, come and, on. And then one o'clock you play the Cardinals. We're an East Coast team. Come East. on. <coughs> uh, that's why, dude, I, I don't know. Growing up, it always felt like the Giants played at four and the Jets played at one. And I was so happy. I was like, mm. I, I would hate waiting until four. So I do feel for you guys. Um, well, however, sad, sadly,
0: the sports books don't you know, allow, have me upset waiting until
1: four now. So. <laughs> You uh you did it on the early slate and then are are you guys a proponent of putting your own team in in the line of fire in terms of betting? It depends. It depends for me. Well, who they're playing? It depends for me. Sport
2: um, like the six like props are different. I feel like. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I see. Like Benny on my own team, I I would never take props. Okay. I would take. I would just bet them to oh, win. I would see, just yeah, take I, the
0: money. See, I, I do do the props. No,
1: I can't I, because if they win. <laughs> and Darrell and Wilson has <laughs> fifty nine yards instead of sixty. Yeah. I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, okay, well, <laughs> I should have had both, but yeah, but yeah, um, we'll see. I, you know, the Eagles don't make a deadline move. I think their big move is getting Kevin Byard uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. Uh, are you guys, you know, or were you guys kind of holding out for them to do something, and then we're surprised they didn't, or did you really kind of expect them to to stay put at, at the deadline?
2: I think I, I think the hype around it maybe fooled me into thinking they were going to do something. I think that there was a lot of – all the rumors with the Bears. I forget his first name. Jalen John- Johnson. Yeah, with Johnson. That kind of gave me a false false hope, I think. But getting Bayard – and I think he's got a contract situation up at the end of the year, so they have that on their hands after. But, yeah, I think I might have gotten a little over <laughs> my head. But I think Bayard's plenty at the deadline considering, like we said earlier, the NFL deadline – there's only really so much that goes on. Yeah, so.
1: true. What about for, you, Aiden? For, for
2: you? me,
0: uh, I wasn't, you know, really expecting them to make a move. You know, I'm also one of those realistic Eagles fans, though, and I've realized, you know, Darius Slay and James Bradbury sometimes just – aren't that great sometimes it, it, it really is that defensive line that you know actually really really helps them and if mm-hmm. they're not able to get pressure well, sometimes you'll see well they're ball hots, yeah because yeah. the
1: defensive line usually gets them in a spot where they can read the quarterback or he's yeah. down to make a bad throw and they can just jump it but no you're right they you know they're not perfect
0: yeah and then you know i was i believe slay signed what a, th- a three-year deal last year and yeah. then i forget how much bradbury's on at the moment
2: i think Bradbury's three, Slay's two or oh, okay, something like right. that. So
0: they're both still going to be here next year. They are getting a little bit older. 30, but yeah. I wouldn't have been Three or $38 million for Bradbury.
2: Mm, that was quick right
0: there, man. Like, how the heck did you actually pull that up <laughs> that fast? I just <laughs> I, A lot of typing uh, over the years. I've gotten my thumbs very fast. I wasn't too uh, – you know, I wouldn't have mind Jalen Johnson. I will say I did watch him get cooked by A.J. Brown uh, last season when the Eagles played the Bears. He also did have a couple good plays on Jalen uh, – on uh, A.J. Brown, though, as well. So – I do feel like you know the secondary has kind of come on compared to where we were to start the season. It had it was a little weak, and then you had Max go down with an injury. Pretty yeah. sure actually, he's he's done. I wouldn't be surprised if he's played his last game in an Eagles jersey. Really, he he's, he's very injury prone.
1: Yeah, the last one and what's it been now in a row? Every every year for the past what? Yeah, uh, A few since he's been in. Since yeah. he's been a starter. Yeah, it's not
0: been healthy for him.
1: <sighs> and and the thing about Slay and Bradbury is too they're you know they're a little older i mean there are yeah i think both of them are over 30 yeah um so johnson would have been a, a good guy young corner to go get but you know again the eagles obviously seemingly have enough faith or maybe howie roseman you know didn't have uh, the greatest trade of all time in front of him so he couldn't take it because that seems like all he does is just make these uh these trades that you're like how the hell <laughs> did he just did he just pull that off um but yeah, uh, I I think, you know, obviously like you said, Brett, with kind of the the quieter uh deadline and that's usually how it goes. I, I think the Eagles not made to move. Um isn't too shocking. But uh Howie Roseman is a guy who likes to you go know, add talent wherever he can, so um I think a lot of Eagles fans were expecting to deal. Uh we've got a lot of news out of uh Sin City, baby. Las Vegas. Mm. The Raiders. So Josh McDaniels, former Bill Belichick disciple, he's gone. No longer the Raiders coach. Aiden Butler said that uh, he had a tape on uh, third and long that he would no longer be there. I'm going back to find it. We can go find it. Um, And if you're right, uh, more power to you because Josh McDaniels and this Raiders team, I mean, you saw the way Devontae Adams was on the sideline the other night, and then he took to uh, social media, I believe, after the game as well. Um, not a happy camper, Devonte, and uh, I don't blame him because the quarterback situation there, number one, is just. Oh, and I, 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 I believed in Jimmy G. I did. You are not the only one, man. Brett, <laughs> when I saw the first game of the year, I was like, wait, he's kind of good, <laughs> but now I'm like, wait, he's kind of bad. Like he's not very good. Um, and I've said Zach Wilson takes some of the worst stats I've ever seen. Jimmy G. He's giving him a run for his money. <laughs> it is bad. Um, Aiden O'Connell is the backup, and they've actually benched Garoppolo now. Aiden O'Connell is going to start um, for the Raiders um, who play the Giants on Sunday. Hmm. But is Brett, that game in uh, Jersey? No, it's in Vegas. Okay. It's in Vegas. Um, uh, what do you think about the whole Raiders situation, Josh McDaniels, um last in what he was, last year was his f- first year there yes i think right or maybe the year before i'll check that but it it, it just had he came in trying to be the guy obviously the offensive guru knew it in, in New England, everyone was like oh you yeah, know, this guy's gonna be the next great play caller all that he'll be a head coach soon he'll be uh an oc soon for a for a big time uh coach and it just never worked out yeah. um
2: um, earlier today, Adam Schefter provided me with three stats that show how depressing the Raiders have been on offense this year. He
1: sent them to you. He did, uh,
2: <laughs> via, nice. direct. yeah. Awesome. We're on a first name basis. Word. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, okay, for... first one is the Raiders have scored 21 points or fewer in every game this year. Mm-hmm. They've rushed for fewer than 100 yards every single game, and they have at least one turnover in every <laughs> single game.
0: Which I'm not so sure why their rushing numbers are like that because their offensive line didn't change too much from last no. year, and Josh
2: Jacobs, I assume, mm-hmm.
0: is the same person. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that's kind of declined like that.
2: Jimmy G's just I, – I just – I guess he's affecting every part of that offense. He's just he's so bad. It gets them in known pass because they're trailing every game because their defense has to play. I feel so bad for Max Crosby. I wanna throw that in there. Their defense is on the field for like forever, it seems like. And then you're down
1: multiple scores. I mean he Jimmy G missed um last week. He didn't even play, and yet he's got nine pits. That's the most. He might still NFL. be
2: concussed. Sheesh. He might still be concussed.
1: You think you think he's <laughs> playing hurt? I, <laughs> I mean, don't, maybe I, uh, I, I. I just watching that game Monday night. Yeah, it was bad. Holding on to the ball.
2: It was behind, bad. It was bad. I man. guess this kind of shows
0: that he really is a system QB. Yeah. He
1: oh, he yeah, certainly is. Uh, and he came. He's with the guy who he learned his system oh, yeah. in New England, yeah. Mitt Daniels, and they still could not make it work. So, um. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue is the uh, guy that's going to step up and play. Aiden O'Connell, good college quarterback, yeah, but man. he he has looked like um, a backup. I mean, he hasn't <laughs> played much. Um, that one game against the Chargers where they sacked him—he should have won that game. I just want to say Khalil Mack sacked him what six times yeah. that game, Brett?
2: And they uh, still probably could have won that game. I mean, of yeah, Brandon you know, Staley,
1: the Raiders—all this turmoil. I mean, they're three and five. It's not that they're zero eight, you know. Um, now, is that good? No, but they are currently what are they two games out of a potential wild card spot. So I mean, there's time, mm. but didn't they don't. I know do- it was that close, and I'm actually surprised they didn't even look into the quarterback market at all. That, I wouldn't. Well, not a guy like Josh Dobbs because Vikings
0: actually kind of need
1: Dobbs a guy got like him, him, or no, Dobbs went to Minnesota. Well, because they they needed, so, yeah. I mean, they needed someone. I don't. Uh, some of these other QB Oh, uh, Bridgewater. Um, you, you know, he's another guy. Yeah, that, I mean, he's a guy who needs a job.
2: Um, where is is he still in Miami? No, Detroit. I think. Um,
0: yeah, Detroit. There's somebody too on the Commanders. I'm not remembering right now. Another black QB whose name is fumbling in my head right now. I, who is their like, backup? We know him. I just can't remember his name right now. I might have to go to the.
1: Who's Howell's backup? To the yeah. Is he? Yeah. he's there. Okay. Brissett actually, I thought he was a good option for, for Cleveland mm. last yeah. year. Um, yeah. I mean, as a backup, I think he did as good as you can. Um, yeah, I mean, there are guys that could definitely uh, at least stabilize the Raiders' ceiling because Jimmy G right now has a pretty low ceiling and, uh, honestly, a pretty low floor, too. Um <laughs> I mean, I I don't mean to bash the guy, but you have an all-world receiver in Devontae Adams. You have a guy, Jacoby Myers, who was actually developed into a very nice second-wide receiver. um, Another former Patriot. And, um, I I mean, you've got weapons there. You have Josh Jacobs, uh, as your running back, led the league in rushing last year. Uh, Again, the offensive line hasn't changed all that much. Even though it might not be good, um, it's not particularly horrendous or anything. I mean, it's not like... A, a lot of the stats that he takes, Brett, I think Jimmy G creates himself. I think he's got the... He's got Zach Wilsonitis. <laughs> he holds onto the ball for way too long. Just get it out.
2: Throw it away or something. Yeah,
1: and that's what I say every time. Just throw it away. It doesn't hurt. Eat it down. Just throw it away. Just eat it down. Do- but... <sighs> man. Raiders. And, I mean, it doesn't help that Denver just beats the Chiefs last week and... <laughs> All of a sudden, you're looking at the Raiders, and you're like, you are even, and the Chargers have had all sorts of problems. Like this was the year you could be like sneaky
2: bad and still had a shot this year in that division, not to win it, but to at least be a little bit more relevant than they are yep. right now.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you and then you went to the South. No one is above five hundred except Jacksonville. In the North, every team is four and three besides Baltimore. <laughs> There, there was a legit – I mean, I guess there still is a chance, but if the Raiders just had come out of the dates and and not looked as, as just incompetent as they have the last couple weeks, there's a chance for them to be right there for a, for a potential wild-card spot. So uh, we'll see what they do, but for now, uh, Jimmy G is – uh. How different do you think the AFC wild card
2: looks week 15-16 to what it is now? Right Whoa. now it's Bills at five and three are the five C wanna answer. Steelers that? six and Browns are the last one at four and three. You know, Well
0: I, would, I think the Jets can I would love to doubt the Steelers, but I mean Mike Tomlin has quite literally shown year in and year out after a bye, he is a great coach and they already had their bye this week or not this week. They already had their bye earlier in the season. They lost to uh, they just lost to the Jaguars, but they beat the Rams coming out of the bye. I'm not sure who their next opponent is against, but that's a team tomorrow night. Actually, now I got to think about it because Tennessee tomorrow is, night. What was Kenny Pickett's injury? Because now if with you got Trubisky back there, wasn't that? and. And Kenny Pickett's injury, when it happened, it seemed pretty serious. Uh, it took him a, a minute to get him Rip, off the field. Just rib injury. Okay, yeah. So I don't, I don't doubt he'll be playing tomorrow. So I think that might be a, oh wow, I think that might be a, <coughs> a Will Levis versus Mitch Trubisky game. Oh, Will Levis, man. Yeah, what a little bit of a coming
1: dude. out party for him. Um, you know, he had he had the girlfriend on TV, broke up with him, and now. His Look Dennis at him is now, yeah. his Dennis get back, man? Um
0: <laughs> That's actually the first thing I thought about when
1: I saw him throw <laughs> the second touchdown pass. I mean, you know what he's thinking. He's like <laughs> Anyway, um but you think Pittsburgh stits it out over like the Bengals? I think well, see, that's gonna be a tough one because they're the, all four the, and three. Joe Burrow's back on his stuff right now. Them yeah, Cleveland and Pittsburgh all four and three. Cleveland, I I feel like yeah. You think I I, it's just so weird with Watson. I just can't wrap my head Their around Their defense that is so good. It's so good. I guess
0: that year that he had off, well, not off, but that year that he didn't play, I, I guess that really took a toll because look at him now. He just picks left and right. Here. He
1: is just not – I mean, he is a shell of the quarterback he was uh, two and a half, three years ago when he was arguably a top five guy, and he was so good. Um, yeah, it's been uh, just downhill for him ever since. So we'll see. How thin shade out there post-trade deadline in the NFL. We're getting into the thick of it, guys. We're uh, getting to Thanksgiving time. Um, and so this is, I think, really where uh, the NFL season gets in the high gear. So. Um, all right. We're going to do one quick topic here before we uh, sign off. And uh, we had the first college football playoff mm, rankings yep. come out uh, a couple of days oh, ago or I've yesterday. have talked about this for years. <laughs> <laughs> now, Aiden. <laughs> The Ohio State Buckeyes are the number one team in the country according to the college football playoff rankings. And a big part of that is because they beat the Penn State Nittany Lions. And I, th- college football playoff is, is all about resume, right? So Ohio State is number one. Georgia is number two. Michigan number three. Florida State, four. All four of those teams are 8-0. Washington, undefeated at 8-0. They're the first team out, number five. And number six is Oregon, 7-1. and one. Um. And, again, Oregon, um, their only loss was to Washington, so that yeah. made sense. What, what do you think about these rankings? You have Texas at 7, Alabama 8, Oklahoma 9 with their one loss, Ole Miss 10, and then Penn State is at number 11.
0: After, you know, after Bama at 8, I was fine pretty much with everything else. Uh, actually, no, after Texas at 7, I was pretty fine with everything behind that. Uh, I would say Mizzou at 12. Uh, It caught me off guard at first, but then I thought about it a little bit, and then there's really no other team you can really put above them. That's behind them. But uh, I just can't get behind Ohio State being the best team in the country. Uh, I mean, for me, yes, Michigan hasn't played any true, true opponents yet, but every single game they have played, they've dominated. and, And it shows, you know, Georgia with no Brock Bowers, they were struggling a little bit earlier this year. They just whooped Florida, though, so that was a good showing for them. But OSU is a team that was struggling against Maryland at halftime. Maryland also, by the way, just lost to Northwestern uh, yeah, last week. So they were struggling uh, to Maryland. And then against Penn State, Penn State solid defense, though, as well. That game wasn't you know really what Ohio State's fans were thinking that it was going to be. But even then, I just think Michigan has just shown offensively and defensively that they are – the most complete team in college football. That's why I would have had them at the one, Georgia at the two, then OSU at three. Florida State can stay at four, but Florida State also doesn't really play anybody else the rest of this year, so they're probably going to stay at that four spot. They don't have any real competition until they get to the ACC championship game, which they're going to play UNC probably. Uh, oh, UNC's been slacking a little bit. Really? Yeah. But, well, who's um, second in the ACC? Uh, when I was watching, you know, uh, Joel Klatt? He's got a yep. podcast oh, I love on him. YouTube. I watch his podcast. Louisville. Um, yeah, and it's most likely that's what it's going to be. That's wow. most likely what the ACC championship is going to be, Florida State and Louisville. So Florida State's got a good chance you know, to stick at that four spot pretty much. But.
1: Uh, Ohio State, and, you know, if, if Notre Dame has 11 guys on the field um, on oh, that last yeah. play, you never I know. I forgot about the Notre Dame game. You never yeah. know, Brett. So, I mean, you know, the playoff rankings are always interesting. They're always a little controversial. This year they switch it up because Georgia has just been number one the last couple of years in every metric. This year, uh, Ohio State is number one in the uh, CFP rankings. Uh, what do you make of it? I mean, Michigan, yeah, I think that's the conversation. Georgia is obviously still a great team. I think they're, they're just not as strong because they've just lost so much talent to the NFL. Yeah, uh,
2: I guess that's a pretty good problem to have if for yeah. a recruiting purpose. But um, that win against Florida last week was big for them to assert their dominance throughout. I live around. I live and talk to a lot of Penn State fans on a daily basis, so I'm pretty. How are you feeling? Not great. Not. Only not me. great <laughs> with the Ohio State loss, which was one of the most depressing games I think I've watched in the past few weeks, and then the dog fight against Indiana at home last week oh, yeah. was not pretty. So to see them slide to eleven does not surprise me one bit, considering the way that these other teams have are starting to kick it into gear. They still got to beat Michigan too. Oh, it's over. It's over. <laughs> Poor Penn State. That yeah, was that was their Penn chance, State. man. That was that Ohio chance. State game was. <coughs> if they would have somehow pulled that game out, not like before that game started, because once you saw all the first few possessions, you knew it was going to be a, a grudge match. But
1: that could have changed a lot. But uh, they'd probably they'd be a top four team. Yeah, easily. I think. Yeah. So we'll see how it um how it ends up, and um obviously Ohio State uh, last year. Um, what were they last year? Were they? They were four, I, think, I yeah. believe, right? Cause they yeah, played and they lost they to uh, Georgia. Georgia, yep. yeah. Wasn't that? <laughs> didn't they miss that? That was yeah. New Year's oh my Eve, God, right at, remember, at right right, it was right at, at the, at the, the ball. <laughs> <laughs> like half
2: the people are counting down the ball, and then you got the other half that are sweating the the Ohio
1: State game. <laughs> yep. Oh man, good times. All right, we'll see how it plays out uh, in college football. Um, and then today we've got college football, so it is another sports equinox. So we've got hockey, baseball with the World Series, full slate of the NBA and then some college football tonight as well. I want to thank Brett Miller and Aiden Butler for hopping on with me here on this Wednesday edition of Offsides, taking over for uh, the usual host in Jack Miller. Um, but Jack will be back. Um, I rhyme there. But Jack will be returning. Um, uh, he'll be back next Wednesday. As per usual, Josh Counts is your host on Fridays, and then you can catch me hosting Offsides from 5 to 6 p.m., on Mondays. I hope you all enjoyed and we will see you next time. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.